Good evening, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Priceless Mind Show. I'm your host, Sherry P., and tonight we have an empowered couple joining us tonight for a very miraculous and priceless show, as always. My disclaimer, as always, is that the guests and myself are here to provide you with priceless information that you may not otherwise be able to obtain without paying a hefty fee or having to travel a distance. We're here to give you some, some prices that you may be able to use or that you may be able to give to someone else to use. So please respect our opinions and our professional, I quote that again, our professional walk and um in our career and what we are bringing to you that we have studied, been taught, learned, um, experience and all the other good stuff that makes us certified to provide you this priceless information. Um, I want to give a shout-out to um, the high schoolers who are preparing for prom. Um, my homegirl, Seneca McRae, who's out of Douglas, Georgia, it's been has been doing a miraculous job with her makeup, turning these little princesses into, like, beautiful queens. They're so gorgeous. So, Seneca, keep doing your due. You're doing wonderful work. Um, your work is priceless. So that's why you got the shout-out for today, because your work is priceless. Check out Seneca, the makeup artist. Um, she's on Facebook. Um, she does great work here in the Atlanta area. Um, furthermore, we're going to break shortly for some commercials. Um, and as we do that, I'm going to talk about why well, I prepare to do that. I'm going to talk about an event that's coming up, I believe it's May 14th, uh, yeah, this event is May 14th, and it's called You Are Too Worthy to Be Broken. It's by a couple of ex-co-workers of mine um, who's also in a mental health field, and they are doing the work for um, the young ladies out there, um, transforming the lives of women. So um, they're real... Okay, Saturday, May 14th at 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. at the No Limits Christian Church, which is located at 8709 Hospital Drive, Douglasville, Georgia, 30134. Um, I don't see a ticket cost. Oh, no, it's free. I think you have to register through Eventbrite. Um, so you can find that on Facebook. I'll actually post it on the event page so you guys can find it. And those of you who are on the Priceless Minds group page, I'll post it there also. So let's go ahead and get the breaks and the commercials out the way so we can bring in this power couple, Ms. Takara Martin and her husband, Mr. Kenyon Martin, as they bring out some Priceless topics today. I also posted their YouTube video of the topic for this evening, so hopefully you guys had a chance to catch that. I know I kind of caught it pretty late, but it's all good because any information at any time is priceless. So we're going to go ahead and take the first commercial break, and we'll be right back with our special guest. You listen to The Priceless Mind Show. I'm your host, Sherry B. I'll be right back after this commercial break. Have you ever sat down and simply wanted someone to fully understand your life? Someone who wakes up every day and does their best to provide and protect their loved ones the way you do? Someone who has been confused, lost, scared, or just trying to figure out how to balance their life spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially? If so, Life is Outstanding is the book for you. Anthony Pop- 
promises its readers that you don't have to be perfect to live an outstanding life. Yes, it's finally here. It's official. Sign with Universal, Miss Renetta Mays, with You Got Me Open. Live from Flame Studios, Vibration Radio, Taylor Kennedy Media, and of course, YourRadioNetwork.com. Buy that, cop that. Hell, I don't care if you burn it, but just support that. Miss Renetta Mays, You Got Me Open. the creative work of the author Trent Williams of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. All right, now, welcome back to the Prices Mind Show. I'm your host, Sherry P. I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to my fellow host on the Your Radio Networks, um, Vibration Radio Network right now we're under, and um, let you know when their show is going to air. Every Monday we have the Conscious Vibes with Rambiel Elbey. His show airs at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Tuesday and Thursdays we have the Beautiful Butterfly Show with B-Fly, which airs at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Wednesday, of course, you have me, The Price is Mine, show at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every Friday is The Conversations with Trent, featuring Lisa Tillman Page at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Saturdays, you have your Radio Your World with Anthony Collins and Trent Williams at 11 a.m. And every other Sunday, you have the Anthony and B-Fly show at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So at any time, you can catch any of those of the wonderful host on the Yoga Radio Network by listening to the app. You can download the YRN1328. That's your radio network's 1328 app on Google Play and hopefully through um, the Apple. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring in our guest for this evening. Do we have the Martins on the line? Yes, 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 we're here. Yeah. Hi, Mrs. Hello. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good evening. Good, wonderful. Nice to meet you. It is a pleasure to meet you as well. 
I am so I've been YouTubing all day. <laughs> oh wow, bless you. I hope you guys look good. I'm sorry, what you say? Oh, I said, no, I hope you got something good. It's an honor. Oh, yeah, it's always great. I love Price's information. And when I came across you guys, I said, oh, I got to have them both on the show. Hello. So um, it, it, it's a pleasure to have. I, I never had a husband and wife team before, so you guys are the first. <laughs> You're the original. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thought, no problem at all. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, I was speaking with a, a, a friend of mine. She's a defects um, worker, and she was saying that she has heard of you. And I said, okay, well, that's who I'm talking about. So she should be tuning oh, wow. into the show tonight because she's interested in, in hearing more. But um, I know when we spoke last week, um, Kenyon, we talked about starting to show off with toxic relationships. And um, I think you were, you made a mention about PTSD regarding toxic mm. relationships. Yeah. You want to elaborate what that means? Because, you know, mental health, that means something bad, very bad. Well, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> what you're looking at is uh, PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, it's not as acute as it is dealing with when you're dealing with soldiers or people who have dealt with violent um Violent things incidents. or violent incidents, absolutely. However, you, there is a level of PTSD after being in a relationship, um, especially for so long with another person. Um, and if that relationship had to do with any kind of emotional uh, or physical abuse, or even <clears throat> just a um, just even just a breakup or or being rejected uh, from a long term relationship, that's carried over. We know it um, typically as baggage. Mm-hmm. However, it is, but when we call it baggage, we call it baggage in a way that it can be cast off or cast aside, and that's not necessarily the case psychologically. Yeah, I think um, it, it, it's post-traumatic, right? And so when you think about relationships, especially when you've been in a relationship for uh, you know a number of years or a long period of time, and it's with with a potentially toxic person or if you've been in a toxic environment. I mean, it could be from not just a romantic relationship. It can be from, you know, parental, maternal, things like that. And so things get triggered when you begin to relate and get into relationships with other people. So I think there's been a lot of, like you said, like my husband says, talk around baggage, but a lot of the times it's not necessarily baggage. There are wounds and scars that you have not properly dealt with and healed from that need to be addressed. And that, you know, in my counseling sessions uh, with some of my um, clients, that they have a hard time trying to figure out at which point do they, are they really truly over this person? And there's sometimes you probably will never be truly over somebody, but the feelings of that connection dissolves. And I let that, my clients know that when that feeling of that connection, when lack of connection, a lack of intent to want to connect, dissolves, then you're over that person. You're going to always remember what he said or what she said. You're going to always remember what he or she did. You're going to always remember that hurt, that pain, that relationship, especially if there were holidays involved. You're going to always remember what you did with that person on those holidays. So you're never going to totally 100% be over somebody or totally 100% heal. But once that once that connection dissolves, you're able to move forward. 
but if you if that connection is still there, if those thoughts still ponder consistently, then the healing has not taken place. And it's kind of really hard to tell somebody when they have healed or when they should have healed when you don't know the in depth the you don't know how deep that relationship was to that person or what right. that person. A person, even if it was a healthy relationship, that person could have brought something totally out of context, totally different, totally new to this other person's life and just all of them, the whole relationship, and then break up. So I can understand that PTSD in that sense because that connection was so um, genuine and so close-knit with that, that significant other that they were unable to get over that. I mean, I've... I've I sit there and I talk to clients, and sometimes I can't wait till their service authorization ends because I have nothing else to tell them. I'm like, I've told you everything that you need to use. You just have to get over this person. I can't tell you how that's going to happen. I can't tell you what that looks like. Only you know the process it's going to take to get over this person. You come into these sessions paying me money, it's not going to help you. It's going to help you find a path to get over, but I can't tell you what to do exactly. Right. right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And, and it gets frustrating. I know it gets frustrating for those who are not in this field or who has taken an interest in this type of um, topic as we have to understand how the relationship between, um, you know, spirituality and, and just common wealth and common being makes a person cling on to somebody. Because you just don't know what this person dealt with or what that person dealt with in their childhood that makes them cling to this person when this person breaks up with them. It's so traumatic they can't go on. Absolutely. And it's intricate, too. And I think what happens, again, like you just mentioned, people who are not in this field or deal with this kind of thing, um, I think it's I think it's incumbent upon them to be a little bit careful, um, especially when we're talking about ministers who have not really dealt with um, counseling, or you know, even even coaches, if they're not if they're not taught correctly, because we have to get away from the 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 idea that there is a number on your hurt. There's a number on your pain, and after so long, it's going to go away. Or that we can motivate you or praise you up out of it. These things are deeply rooted, and they're rooted in our habits, they're rooted in our mentalities, they're rooted in our history, and they're rooted in that particular situation that we've had with that relationship. And so, yeah, it, there's a frustration there um, for those people who don't really understand that you can't just say, you know what, cast that to the side, you win, you'll see them coming. It's not really that easy. It's not at all that easy. Um, and furthermore, I was just talking to um a friend earlier about the topic of the show tonight. And um, she wanted to talk about the whole, um, I told her about you guys, and she wanted to ask um, if if there's a difference in the dealing with the post-traumatic stress disorder in relationships when there are children involved, whether the children are on the Males in and the female met the 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 males' kids, or the male met the females' kids while they were dating, and you know this the breakup of that connection. If you guys have dealt with that, absolutely, there's a difference. It's it's more sunk in when there's children involved on either side. Um, <clears throat> what we're looking at is we're looking at the opportunity for a trigger. Now, keep in mind. When you're dealing with children and you're dealing with a relationship, 
you're dealing with someone else who's tethered to you through that through the children. Mm-hmm. And generally, uh, in post traumatic uh, a post traumatic issue, that other person was either controlling, uh, was probably controlling, toxic, abusive, manipulative, and they're probably using the kids as an opportunity to continue that connection. So there there comes a time where you have to actually, number one, isolate the children from the issue because that's that's going to be important. So they don't believe, so they don't think that they're part of the issue or part of the problem or part of the reason why mom and dad are no longer together. And then you have to find creative ways in order to interact with the other person parentally without um, without those triggers. Right. I think one of the biggest problems with women is that we tend to feel like because there are children involved that there's an obligation to keep our children around that person so we won't hurt the children. If there's a situation going on where that relationship is done, regardless of the reason, but especially if you were under some sort of distress being with that person, your obligation is completely null and void to the whole appeasing him. Your job at that point is to protect, number one, yourself, and then protect your children. So I think we tend to get in these situations where, again, I know, you know, for me, I've been in there where a man tries to use the fact, well, you know, it's going to hurt the kids if we break up. That's fine. But, I mean, with me, he didn't like my kids, no way. But when it came, you know, when when the rubber meets the road, it's like, okay, yes, it's going to hurt them. Kids are very resilient, though. And it's all about how you properly communicate that to the children. But as a woman and you're in that situation and you have to sever those ties, you have to make clear, definitive statements and moves and actions like my husband actually, you know, did help me do um, to make sure that the, the children's interest is, you know, their interest is protected when you try to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. In um, other toxic relationship discussions, there is an issue, um, and I guess it's, it's more so in online dating, where there's a lot of mm-hmm. men and women who are who are seeking new relationships, but in their presentation to the next individual, there's a lot of bitterness in speaking about the ex or the um, last relationship. Um, mm-hmm. I feel it's a um, it, it's it's a it's a it's at this point, at that point, when you hear that, it's a red flag. Um, Absolutely. But it, I, I can understand the hesitation and the caution that they're taking because when you're going to the level of online dating, you, you're looking for something different because you think you tried everything else the natural way. So you've, you've hit a couple of downfalls, a little pitfalls, a little um, dead end, and a lot of um, wasted time. I can understand that assertiveness of being protective over your time. Kind of, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like you're 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 crossing somebody out already based on something that you think may be going on, but you don't have a full understanding of it. <clears throat> but when that happens, and it turns out to be a um, toxic relationship. Hmm. At what point 
do these red flags become valid if there's past hurt that this person has dealt with and they're just being cautious of the next individual? I think, um, number one, I think it would be really important to download seven key principles for empowered dating um, because it allows you to help set up safeguards in the relationship as you meet someone that will help you really navigate these conversations. Um, I can speak from my own experience. When I did not have um, a process, I was just, you know, out there. And I'll be honest, I was, you know, single mother looking for a husband. You know, I didn't want to be single. And and so while you're out there online dating, yeah, there are definitely red flags that do come up. What kind of questions they're asking you, how quickly they want to see you, how quickly they want to meet your kids, and then, yeah, absolutely the ex thing. I think there's, there's going to be a balance. I don't think there, there are very few people in this world that have awesome, wonderful, fantastic things to say about their ex. There are very few, my opinion. I could be wrong. Prove me wrong. I mean, please. But so there are very, you know, so if you hear someone say something negative about an ex one time because it came up in conversation, based on that conversation, then I wouldn't discount them right away. I think the, the, the red flag becomes when every time you're in a conversation and you do something, see, that's just like my ex used to do. Or when we was doing this, my ex would do this. And see, you do that, and that reminds me when my ex was doing this, and it was just because, okay, number one, clearly they have not gotten over that person or they haven't gotten over the hurt from that relationship being over. So you have to really be able to weigh and see how that works out. And it does take time. It doesn't take a whole lot of time, but at least a few conversations to really get an understanding of, you know, what went wrong in there. One of the first questions I always asked anyone in online dating was, why did your last relationship end? And if it only focuses on what that other person did and they share no responsibility, that's a red flag all by itself. So I think there's a balance. You have to know how to carry that conversation. Thank you. And being an ex-wife myself, I really don't take um, kindly to men who bash their ex-wives. I mean, right. okay, you can you just get over it. You know what I'm saying? She she did that. She was this. You know, it happened. Right. Get over it. At some point, you got to let that, you know, die down and, and disrespect the portion of her that's the, that's the mother of your kid. Right. Right. And, and that, Right. I said that's a turn off because I'm an ex-wife and I'm a mother, so I would hate to hear my ex-husband talking like this about me. Right. But she right. doesn't, so you know we we do that together, and right. that's how it should be. And, and it's a red flag to me because I'm thinking like, I mean, what you gonna say about me when it's all said and done? Like for real? Yeah. Right. It's, I think but, people. What what's really going on is people are saddled with those hurts. They're saddled with those pains. And they are huh. blaming someone else for them. And because of that, um, they continue to uh, express that blame. And then if you're dating or if you're online and doing that thing, I'm not a big proponent of online dating, but if you are online and you see that not only a person is saying, listen, I've dealt with this trait, I don't want to deal with this trait no more, but this person is saying, they did this to me, they're actually saying, I'm still hurting because of what they did to me. That's an incredible red flag because you're dealing with somebody who's tender in some particular areas, and they will snap if you do something wrong, and you won't even know what you did. 
Right. Yep. And that's PTSD. And that's PTSD. There it is. (laughs) Over again. (laughs) Right. Um, I want the missus to talk about her, um, the topic of the mothering and supporting your your man. I really enjoyed that, and I totally understand that. (laughs) I have been in a mothering position at one point, and I can't stand it. And now I'm more cautious, and I pay more attention, and I ask the right questions. I probe so I can't probe anymore. I don't care how they take it. I need to know. Right. Are you safe? Right. Go ahead, babe. Oh, okay. Sorry. So I think the topic came about, obviously, a lot of the stuff that you'll hear us talking about uh, with entire couples is based a lot on either our own experiences or experiences that people have brought to us through, you know, sessions and things like that. Um, It's unfortunate that that becomes the case. It's unfortunate, you know, that that becomes the case, you know, where these things happen. But as women, we're nurturers. And, I mean, if you've heard anything on those those YouTubes from us, we're nurturers by, you know, by nature. And there's nothing more – fulfilling for a woman than to help her husband walk into his greatness, help her man be awesome and support him in those endeavors. And I think there are times where men can begin to take advantage of that um, and see that in us and use us for it. And a lot of times it's not even intentional, but they begin to use us for it because they see the benefit in who I don't have to do it for myself. If she's here, I can do it, you know, I can get her to do it for me and still take the glory for it. Unfortunately, because we have a lot of men who have have come up in a generation where they didn't have to do a whole lot of work, you know, especially when a woman's concerned. So for me, I have had to deal with it, you know, and it it became such a burden because um, not only am I trying to support and push, but it became more and more apparent that I'm trying to support and push someone who didn't know where they were going. They didn't know who they were. They didn't know how to even develop a vision for their own lives. Mm. Um, they didn't know how to introduce themselves outside of their mother. Um, it, that literally was how acute that problem was, and it became so frustrating because at the end of it all, I'm still taking the emotional beating because I'm not doing enough to push them into their, you know, their greatness, so to speak. So. That's where the topic came from, and obviously with my husband not really pulling no punches to men in that department, um, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, how we formed that topic. And I like the part about, um, I think it was the first thing you guys were talking about when you said, what am I supporting? Like, what? It, where is this going? Where are you going with it? What's your plan for it? Talk about that some more. I like to listen to listen to that. I think that was the first thing you guys talked about. Um, on the um, YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. About. I mean, I mean, it's plain and simple. I mean, women, we're encouraged to have vision boards. We're encouraged to, you know, do all these things and plan for our future as a wife, as a woman. So, you know, with that, we're also really called upon to follow the lead of the man. Um, number one, I think I said this, is that don't attempt to follow the leader of a man who hasn't even invited you into his camp. <laughs> you know, so right. that's one thing. But then if you're there and you have a true partnership and you have 
establish that you both are headed in the same direction towards marriage or even if you're in a marriage, then it's important to know what you're following, what that goal is, what that end result. Listen, if he's, you know, a representation of Christ, or the representation of the church, you can go all through that Bible and figure out what our goal and what our purpose is and what we're supposed to be doing along the way. So as such, we should be able to ask our man without being, without him getting defensive, where are we headed? What direction are we going to? And without it feeling, without him feeling like we're bashing him or we're trying to call him on the carpet or question him, he should just know. So with with that being the case, some men feel that they come in with a plan. They come in with um, a business or something already going. But then, like you said, they see a, a greater benefit with you being involved. Then it becomes your project. Since right. you wasn't mothering him, since the woman wasn't mothering him at that point, he came in with his own, which means you know now you're supporting, and it's now switching over to mothering. How do you switch that back to supporting, or is it was it a setup from the beginning? I mean, I'll start it, but I definitely would like my husband to to finish that aspect because I think he brings a good balance. But I would say it's going to be very difficult once you've trained a grown person that that's who you are to them, Um, to the point to where it almost, it it can become toxic in and of itself trying to change those roles once you've defined yourself as that woman. Listen, Women are can be just as much to blame in this as a man is. You know, the flip side of it is what if you have a woman who's overly masculine and mothering a man in that situation, and, you know, he's trying to switch roles from that point. So you have to really understand the dynamic of that relationship. But from the topic of mothering a man and supporting a man, what you need to be able to do is really have those those hard conversations. Listen, I understand I've been here, I've been supporting, I've been, you know, doing this, but my role is to support. And the problem is you didn't define that role walking into the gate. So when you get, you know, three, four, five years down the road and you feel exhausted, overwhelmed, taken advantage of, unappreciated, a lot of the times we spin ourselves in that direction because we didn't sit down and define what support looks like to him. We jump in and do for men, I think, it, it, and then that becomes that part where we just do it for them. And they're going to let you, you know, until you say, ouch. Start off by, you know, going into that direction with the plan of saying, hey, how, how can I best support you? Um, I'll let my husband in. If you're trying to change that dynamic once you're already deep in, Honey, because he's a professional, I tell everybody that's above my pay grade. Um, like, you know, how how would you tell a woman to or advise her to begin to kind of shift that 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 dynamic, that relationship? It's going to be real hard because they've already begun a habit of being mother. We've already mm-hmm. become addicted to being mother. Understand that this kind of man has come in with no level of accountability but want all the all the awards for himself. This man will not because he's toxic, he will not be ever, ever be satisfied and he would not ever be satisfied by the woman simply because he's looking to the woman uh, or looking outside himself to be validated. Mm-hmm. His mother his more than likely his mother validated him when he didn't um didn't even need it. Deserve it or didn't even deserve it. Absolutely. 
However, she never held him accountable because, you know, mothers often like to lift up their children in front of the world like Mufasa lift up Simba and say, this is what I got. Well, what he, what this man is looking to do is have his wife lift him up, but without anything to show for it. How do you reverse that? That man needs a good talking to, and usually it's not going to be by a woman. Um, he's already familiarity breeds contempt. He's already in a level of resentfulness. He already believes that anything she does makes or breaks him or already has her believe in that. So he's going to need to talk to from either a counselor or, or another grown man. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he just he needs to actually or he's going to end up losing her and he's either going to be broken by that loss or he's going to continue that same uh, that same theme again within the next relationship. Right. I think the biggest the biggest takeaway is that as a woman we have to not be afraid to have those those tough conversations. If something is making you feel like this then you need to be able to communicate that to him. I think the, the telltale sign that you're in a relationship where you are both not equals in there or that it's potentially a little bit toxic even just in that, or just poor communication. We won't just, I hate throwing toxic on everything. But poor communication, if you don't feel comfortable going to your man, being able to tell him, hey, babe, I understand we started out like this, but I'm starting to feel like this, and, you know, we need to do this. If that does not kind of go into a productive conversation, then, yeah, we always advise getting a third party involved. Absolutely. Now, keep in mind this. Women, you have to have that conversation. Be aware that you have to have that conversation, but understand that you can't change him. The biggest problem for a woman, I think, is a, is to try to figure out a way to change him because then she takes the accountability on herself to where he's at, and that throws her deeper into the mothering aspect of it. Mm-hmm. That throws her deeper into the manipulative aspect of it. Well, if I can move him to the left or to the right, we straight. And he will allow her to believe that he can be manipulated, and to some extent he can be manipulated because he's going straight off of how he feels at that moment. Um, I believe that it's incumbent upon the women and uh, the ladies or significant others to say, to step back and be like, look, I can't change you. However, my part in this, I'm not feeling gratified. I'm feeling misused. I'm feeling usurped. I'm feeling abused. Um, and so I need you to make it a little bit clearer for me of what my part is in your life so that we can move forward because I love you. You, you understand what I'm saying? So be willing to step up and voice where you're at and mm-hmm. express yourself, yeah. express how you feel and, and how he's making you feel, but never, ever take the initiative to change him. a very good tip. Very good. Because some women go into it thinking, you know, I can help him be a better businessman by doing this or or exposing him to this or directing him over here to this. And by the time you look up from your, you know, your sheet, you done mothered him to do all these things and held his hand and did this for him and downloaded this and printed this out and sent this off. For him, so I can totally understand, especially in the business sense, it can easily turn right. into something where you think we're partners, we're going to make money, but it's like, okay, you're the partner, but I'm going to make money, <laughs> and, right. and it comes out. <laughs> and, yeah, and, I mean, and, it, I mean it, as mothers, as mothers, we realize when we do continue to do for our children, they never appreciate it. 
the same right. goes when you do it for a man. I believe me, I've been there, and it is one of the ugliest things to see a grown man pout because you're not going to do things for him that he should be doing for himself, um, and and then not appreciate it, and literally will get mad because you've done all this, but at the end of the day, it's still not enough. Never, right. it, it's not appreciated, and it's not healthy. Absolutely. When a man is looking to you to feel like a man, that's a trap. Yeah. That's a trap in and of itself. When a man is looking to you to validate himself, the the thing the thing that allows Takara and I to really work well together is I don't need her to validate me, but uh, we work well together. Right. Um, we are we are um, just powerful together. I mean, we just we just fit. It's like two puzzle pieces. And I love her to death. I mean, I love her so much because I yeah I do feel good around her. She supports. She she's a supplement to my own self image though. Only a supplement. Right. She is not the dictator of my self-image. So when a man walks into a relationship, or even a woman walks into a relationship and depends on someone else to develop their value, then that's a trap, and you got you got to you know learn that that's a red flag. And if you're not married, you might want to do about face as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think it's 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 a really great fantasy and a fairy tale to be partners with your husband. You know, you, everybody looked at Kimora and Russell Simmons. They looked at Babyface right. and Tracy. You know, and, and it, so it's a dream come true. So you walk into a situation with a man who has a piece of a vision or a man that says, when a man says, I want to be a millionaire, don't have a plan to get there, you know, beware. You say, I can help him be a millionaire because I'm a nurturer and I'm good at building websites. And y'all go forth. And it's, you know, typically, and I tell people all the time, Kenyon and myself are an anomaly. The biggest thing we have going for ourselves is self-awareness. We know our strengths. We know our weaknesses. We know where to raise each other up. When you walk into mm-hmm. a situation where you're trying to mother a man, a man who is not understanding and aware of where he's weak and strong, will not tell you. He'll just let you pick up the slack in every way possible. Absolutely. And what's so unique about that, Tapar, is that, I, and, and talking, to, you know, I'm single, so I'm I'm dating. I think that's what it's called here in Atlanta. <laughs> but um, so I run into a lot of uh, guys who say things and do things, and you know, I'm the, I'm a man, I'm a provider. Is it? I'm saying like, okay, well, are you nurturing? Do you know how to to let me know that you're thinking about me? Do you know right. how to let me, that you love me? Do you know how to to show me your interest without? it being in the bedroom or something like that, or being financial. Mm. So is it too much to mm. ask for you to text me in the morning when you wake up? Is it too much to ask for you, you know, to text me before you go to bed? That's just to let me know you think about me. I'll do the same. But there's a lot of guys who are out here who are like, well, why can't you do that? Why can't you call me? Why can't you text me? Right. I'm thinking, like, are you serious, dude? Yeah, because these, these little rapid girls out here have made it way too easy for men to get what they want from them. And so a woman with standards, um, uh, becomes too much work. Kenyon said this one thing that I'll never forget. As soon as a man begins to make you feel bad for your standards, he's telling you that he cannot meet them right out the gate. Oh, that's good. Absolutely. That's a good one. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, <laughs> and I, think you, I think you mentioned something that, that's really, really symptomatic about men in general, um, not every man, but men in general who are looking for a woman, they identify themselves by three things. Their wallet, 
their competitive spirit, and their sexuality. And so they think that all these things make them who they are. So what happens is that when a man is low on money, he feels like he's less than a man. If a man can't satisfy you in the bedroom, he feels like he's less than a man. If a man keeps losing at whatever he's competitive at, even in ministry, from ministry to sports, he feels less than a man. And what needs to happen is that men need to begin to redefine themselves the proper and correct way. Because obviously those things don't define who we are. They can't make or break us. Because women are now um, making more money than we are. Women are now taking care of themselves. Women have have had to become stronger, especially in the African-American society or African-American culture. Women have had to become stronger as single parents and taking care of themselves and a household, and they've had to become, they had, they've had to do a lot of things that puts them on par with the man. So, brother, what are you going to do when she makes more than you? Right. What are you going to do when she rocks your world? What are you going to do when she's better than you at a particular thing? Are you going to resent her? Are you going to hate her? Or are you going to partner up with her and say, you know what, you complete me where, not complete me, you compliment me right. where I'm weak, and here are my strengths. What do they look like on the table? Right. And I got a joke to tell about that, Takara, where I was talking about when a guy say, well, why can't you call me? And I'm just, <laughs> and when they come off and they're like, well, um, well you can call me. I said, okay, I, you, you wait for that phone call now. <laughs> but I right. thought you was the lead. I thought you was the head. I thought you was the man. You can't leave right. just saying I mean, you have to call nobody. Right. That's right. I- as good as I would get those text messages, how come you ain't caught nobody? The, I, I mean, really, I don't call men. Like, I literally, and I came off as a not nice chick. After th- Those are games to me. You know, that's a dude who wants to reverse that role and be chased, but then wants to, you know, flip it back around when it's time to get your draws. I, don't pl- I never played those games. When, it, when, I, mm-hmm. when I finally decided what I wanted, there, I, don't, I didn't really do that. So, honestly, when it came down to it, I had no problem. I didn't even leave the door open. Listen, I understand you're used to a certain type of woman. That's not me. I don't chase a man. I don't call a man. You know, I like to know that a man is interested in me. And if I don't know that, if I have to guess and wonder or figure it out, you're not. So, listen, you're not a bad guy. You're just not, not good for me. Keep it moving. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> oh. And that's what it all boils down to in this whole dating game is that, you know, I had a conversation about equal, being equally yoked, and the conversation ended up turning to being equal or have an equal purpose. And I understood that part, but it's kind of like everyone's trying to downplay the religious or the spirituality part in relationships. And it's, it's, it's important to identify that and to acknowledge that that exists because if you guys are not on the same level spiritually, you won't be together within the whole relationship. At some point, that foundation is going to crack and settle. It's going to break. And if you're not spiritually grounded with each other, then somebody's going down the cracks. It ain't going to be me. <laughs> right. 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 Well, when it comes to equally yoked, what happens is that people miss the idea of understanding what that means. And it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of like an analogy. you got two ox in the field and they're yoked by the neck together. Now, if they decide to go in two different directions, one of the oxen is going to get their neck broken. If they, if one decides that they're not going to move, but the other one decides that they are, then one of the oxen are getting their neck broken, and the other one is going to be weighed down by the dead body. 
if if one is weaker than the other one, then one won't be able to keep up and they'll be dragged through the situation or dragged through the field. So what we want is when we're dealing with being equally yoked, it's not just even spirituality. It's dealing with an equal vision, um, going in the same direction, in the same cadence, and in the same step in the same field. And when those things don't match up, and that's what dating is, is seeing how much of those things match up so that we can support some, each other. Um, both ox won't be as, one ox won't be as strong as the other ox, but at least they know that, hey, listen, I'm weak over here, but you're strong over here. I'm strong over here. You're weak over here. Let me take the right. I'll let you take the left, and let's keep moving together. And that's what the dating profile is, is, should be looking like as you get closer and closer together, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even professionally. So interpret it for women. If you're doing all the work, if you're doing all the calling, if you're doing all the planning to go out on a date, if you're doing everything to keep that relationship going, that ox, that mate that you're dating is about to break your proverbial neck in that relationship because you're carrying all the weight. Wow. That was deep. <laughs> that was deep. Okay, but let me tell you this. This is something that we also, you know, I do a lot of talking. It's so good to have mental health friends because we do a lot of bouncing ideas off of each other. And the conversation also came up about geographical areas of men. There's some men on how they conduct themselves and how they treat women um, compared to, I guess you can say, the north or midwest area compared to the men in the south. More So more men in the south, as it was stated from some individuals who experience these men, that they're more subtle. They want, you know, the woman to do – what I, what I said it was, this could be a far-fetched analogy, but it put me in the mind of um, Seely and Mister. Oh, Lord. It did. Um, how the man just wants a woman there for his needs, but you need to do all this other work. You need to do all this other stuff, take care of everything, and then when I'm ready to pounce on you and do what I need to do, then I'm, you need to be here. And – and I haven't really dated many men from the South who are actually from the South, but I don't know how true that is. I don't know if it's a, a geographical thing. Have you all experienced mm-hmm. that? Um, well, since I'm the only one that's dated men um, on this <laughs> side of the thing, um, I'll say... <laughs> I'll say... I've, uh, I've, sadly, I've dated a lot of geographies, and I don't think it has anything to do with how they're raised. Because I mean, I think the Southern men were some of the most disrespectful, um, because of that stigma. I like, I felt like Southern men felt like they can get away with a whole bunch because the stigma attached to them meant every chick wants a Southern man. Um, and so I honestly felt it to be the complete opposite. Um, I dated and married one man from the South. And it was a, not a great experience. So I think really, personally, I feel like the geographical thing is a cop-out. I really believe at the bottom line, you know, the bottom line of it is wherever they were up, you know, they were brought up, it's who brought them up and how they were shaped into a man, you know. People are teaching their kids to respect women and to open doors and to pull a chair out on, you know, all four parts of the world. 
four. I said four. There's no four corners of the world. Uh, but you know what I mean when it comes down to it. And, you know, Kenyon is from the Midwest. He ain't from the South. Honestly, don't trust men from the South because I don't trust that they're all heterosexual. So, um, you know, I had to leave the state of Georgia to get a husband. <laughs> I really feel like geographically it has nothing to do with it. It's really that how they were brought up. And, you know, the level of responsibility and accountability they were taught to have as they were being brought up as a man. And I agree with that, too, because although I was born and raised in the the Midwest, my parents got Southern values and morals, so I was raised on that. So I'm pretty sure a lot of men have that kind of mixture, too. Um, You know, good old slave, got to run away. So a lot of people were raised in, you know, different places, so... I, I, did, I couldn't understand that conversation she was having to um, identify with it myself. So I wanted to ask you guys, have you, and not just because you dated me and just maybe in your counseling sessions and or talking with individuals, have you run across that type of issue? You, honey? But, no, not, uh, not really. I think, what I, I think what we run across the most is helping people understand the culture that someone else is raised in. Right. I mean, yeah, geography has a little bit to do with it because you're 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 melding your home culture with someone else's home culture and we have no idea how that how that may turn out. But one of the things that I try to teach people is to understand that you're from one culture, which is your world, and they're from a different culture, which is their world. You need to understand their culture before you get involved in it because their world might be a peaceful, loving people, or their world might just try to invade yours and take it over totally. Um, but we don't. I don't find that to be in a, in a specific geographic location. I find that more to be um, a level of homework that someone must do in order to understand a person and the culture that they're born from, right? That they come from, the home culture, I should say. Absolutely. Okay. He's better. <laughs> I Thank do you. have one question. Uh-huh. Um, the, the question regarding, I, I want to know, was it a combined um, concept of what did one of you guys lead the other in coming up with the topic about, um, what is it today? Hold on. Let me get, I got notes written all upside down. Hold on. <laughs> I'm right on everything, right on the margins, on the top, on the bottom. I flip it over. I don't pay attention. (laughs) I just got to get it written down. But in in doing my research and coming across your YouTube videos and everything else on EmpoweredCouples.org, did you guys come up with the um, the eight signs that a man is ready to be a husband and a woman's ready to be a wife? A wife is woman is wife material. Did you guys come up with that together, or was that, like, led by one or the other? Uh, it was led by Kenyon. Um, I mean, you know, his his background, you know, as much as it is counseling, it's, it's greatly, you know, theology. And so for him, he has a strong love for God, but he has a strong love for relationship. And so he's always really believed and felt like the Bible is – one big book about relationship and our relationship with God and, you know, and, and how Christ, you know, really solidified that relationship. So for him, honestly, the first one was how do you know a man is ready to be a husband? We were driving 
on the highway 75 headed to Dayton, Ohio, and this man just came out with them. He started talking, and I started typing. Um, and literally within, like, what, half an hour, 45 minutes, he had literally just dictated that to me um, because, again, he has been, if you, you know, people who have seen and known him for the past seven, eight years, he's consistently talked about the man loving his wife like Christ loved the church. So if that's the case, then you have to take your cues on being a husband from Christ the husband, period. So it was, I mean, it was him, and then he did the opposite with the bridegroom. You know, from the church's standpoint, when you're talking about a woman. So for me, I, I don't have, unfortunately, the theological depth that he does. Um so no, that that really came from him, and then of course my flow is is largely based on my experiences in commentary, and that's how we did it. You guys are doing great work out there. Um, I pre- I'm I'm glad I ran across you all and had you guys on the show. Um, I posted a lot of your your YouTube videos on the Priceless Minds group page and Thank the Priceless Mind the Priceless Mind show page. Um, a couple of people have been viewing it, making comments, so very good information. Please continue by now giving everyone information on how they can follow you all with your Twitter, your Instagram, your whatever, Facebook, however they can follow you guys so they can continue to get this information. Well, you can, um, online, we, you can get us at empowercouples.org. Um that's our website where we will place the uh, put the blogs or the YouTubes or whatever the case may be. Uh, when we started it, it wasn't like that. So, um, or as far as Twitter is concerned, it could be at Kenyon D Martin. Um, even though it's my name, it's still both of us uh, were partners. When it comes to Periscope, it's still the same thing. You can find us on Periscope at Kenyon D Martin, and uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, you can either follow uh, find me on my public page with at Kenyon or. Kenyon D. Martin or just Kenyon Martin. and uh, But believe you me, Takara is <laughs> a great big part. Listen, listen, Takara is a great big part of what we do. The the at, When we first started, she kicked me out to the front. And, <laughs> and I was like, baby, you, there's so much more in you that you just don't know. So I finally pulled her in, and now you see where we are. Uh, and that's where Empower Couples was born. So in those particular venues, that's where you find us. I just had an idea, and I'll talk to you guys about it offline. <laughs> okay. It's a good idea, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my brain, you know, it's like Jay-Z said, when it rains, get the umbrellas out because I brainstorm. Yeah. Yep. Things just start coming. I start writing. That's why I got stuff scribbled everywhere. Exactly. Um, no, I have a notepad just for that, I promise you. You know, me too, but I can't keep it in order. It's like I'll, I'll flip it over, and however I pick it up, I just start writing on it. It's crazy. You ever heard of Evernote? Look up Evernote. It'll it'll change your life. Evernote. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's an app. Oh. Yeah, I'll tell you better offline, too. Yeah, it's, it, it works wonders for stuff just like this. Oh, cool. Beans. Appreciate you. See, no prices for you guys. Evernote. Yeah. Check it out. But I appreciate you guys being on here. We'll talk offline about my idea. Um, before we go, I want you guys as a couple to give the Priceless Minds listeners, fans, and followers one priceless thing about empowered couples that you want them to know in this whole world of dating and relationships. 
And of course, he points to me because I'm the talker, right? Um, <laughs> we're failures. Everything that we are, everything that we stand for, it begins at the point of failure. Um, but God, you know what I mean? And so never, ever walk out of a situation feeling like because you failed this time that you can't rebound and get back up and become greater. Like my husband says, nothing shows the master work of a potter than what he can do after he mends a broken vessel back to its original, even better to its original state, you know, than it was before. So don't let failure, you know, keep you from moving forward. And will it define you and don't be identified by it? Yeah. Um, is there just lessons? That's priceless. But thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Martin. I appreciate you. you guys being on the press show. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> when I get like, yeah, when you guys get like a real like a show like um when you kick Steve Harvey and them off, that can be y'all <laughs> intro. Mrs. Martin. Yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be awesome. You guys have a great night. Thank you again so much, and I will be in contact with you guys shortly. Yes, ma'am. Thank, Thank you so much. you. Bye-bye. All right. Good night. That was a very great and priceless show we just had with Mr. Takara, I mean, Mr. Kenyon Martin and his wonderful, beautiful wife, Takara Martin. Um, you can check them out on EmpoweredCouples.org. That's E-M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D, Couples. C-O-U-P-L-E-S dot org. Um, you can, they, they have their um, YouTube videos also posted there. Please follow them. They're doing great things. So much information out there um, from great individuals. As always, catch us next time on the Price is Mind show. And as always, have a great evening. Check out the other YRN hosts as we have, well, I think I said it. Yeah, I gave you guys all those. Um, days that our other hosts will be on the YRN. Um, that you can follow the show every day of the week. So until next time, be priceless, take care of yourselves, and as always, look forward, never look back.